passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For all, NBA, for all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. We're back. It's Golden Spaces. It's Natalie and Charlie Cummings, special guest. Follow him, Clay, at Claytheus11. Um, it will not disappoint. He will not disappoint. And read his writing. <laughs> You'll be better for it. You'll be smarter for it. Um, a reminder to Dub Nation, today is the last day of all-star voting. Um, I think this is the first year we're only going to have one all-star I think it's going to be the first year we're only going to have one all-star. And that's largely due to record. It's largely due to record, Mm. but it is what it is. Um, I really feel bad that Andrew went down when he did, because I think he would have had a strong case to be an all-star. And would have just really, I mean, if the finals didn't shut people up, um, (laughs) I mean, the way he was playing at the end of the season, there's no way you could say that he didn't deserve to be in the all-star conversation. So, um, Vote, guys. Today's the last day to vote. We know Stefan's going to make it, but still, just vote, vote, vote. Last day. All right. So, the road trip has ended. The Warriors played the Celtics in a game, I must say, they were pretty mad about that they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I would say the, 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 the last two-minute report maybe validated some of their anger a little bit because they're they're just a, an egregious of, amount of missed calls that all would have went the Warriors' way, um, but nonetheless, right? Like you don't put yourself in the position to have the refs deciding the game, right? And I thought, in particular, some of Steph's decision making when he came back in in the fourth, like just 
the shot selection. And yes, I know he's Steph Curry. Y'all know I'm the biggest Steph Curry person. Um, so I'm never going to get on here and say he's trash and all of this nonsense. But just um, settling for a lot of threes. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, a, a couple of times this year, he's talked about like, going for the hero shot and things like that. So I didn't know if it was some of that. Um, Speaking to some people around the team, they were like, some of it's fatigue. Like, not that Steph has said that, but they're just like, look, he played with like 40 minutes or like whatever it was. Um, He's still, you know, I think people got to remember he's still at that point was only what, five, six games back, five years back from injury. Um, and so, and I'm not saying it from the standpoint of like, oh, he's still too injured to be playing, but like it's a, even for the, who I consider the best conditioned athlete in the NBA, like it still takes time to get back to that level and into game shape, you know? Um, and someone had also pointed out to me that they thought maybe he maybe rested a little too long on the bench. So he went cold, Mm -hmm. um, people who are much closer to the team and have like way more knowledge than (laughs) we I thought those were like really good points. And so I'm curious what you thought when you were watching him in that fourth quarter. Yeah. One thing touching on that too, like there were so many calls that went against the Warriors, but in general too, like, you know, just to give some credit to Boston, like I'm, I'm not the kind of person who's going to be like, you don't, you don't ever chalk it up to refs. Like, yeah, agree. When you have that many chances to win a game and you don't, it's on you. Like, if you start blaming other people, then you're going to completely lose the narrative here. Um, but yeah, like that, that call uh, on the Wiggins three where he goes to the line in overtime. I don't think that should have happened. Um, I couldn't believe that they overturned that call where they said it was clear and conclusive that the ball. Yeah, it was, I, was, I still didn't see it. Yeah, and, and that's thing. Both teams got bad calls. I really wasn't caught up in the refs, to be honest. Um, but I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, I, I, I like to think that, you know, our, like, Tim Donaghy days are gone. Like, you know, there is no, oh, they're out to get us. They're doing this and that. Like, bad officiating is just bad officiating, you know, like it cuts both ways. So, um, I, I do think, think that really... game was poorly officiated, but I will say the refs do have a thing with the warriors. Um, no, oh, yeah. and you know, <laughs> not that it would make them like, but th- there is a thing with them. And look, we know the warriors have also antagonized the refs where it started first. I don't know, but People who know people who know people who know refs, but um, they have, they don't like them. You know, they they don't like the Warriors, and that includes Steph. So when people always say like Steph is the most beloved, they don't like him. You know, so mm-hmm. there's definitely a thing with the refs and the Warriors. That's not made up. But do I think it's like costing them games? No, I don't. Yeah, uh, they haven't they haven't forgotten the mouth guard throw, but um, so <laughs> I. I think too, like down at the end, like, yeah, what you said about Steph's shot selection, like, you know, going down to that last possession, obviously there's so many things leading up to that where that should not have been a tie game. They should not have been in that position, but you know, you get Al Horford on the switch, you're Steph Curry. You don't need to just like dribble into the fadeaway three. Like you can attack. He had the time to attack. Um, And also taking that shot, you know, like it gave Boston an opportunity towards the end. Um, 
And then once you get to overtime, you know, they kind of just come out and get punched in the mouth. In a row. Yeah. And, you know, I think that speaks to the mentality. Like when you have this game in control and then you let it slip to overtime, it always feels like the team coming back is going to win because they have all the momentum. And that was the case. Um, But, you know, we're, we're more than halfway through the season. So now's not the time for moral victories. You just want victories, but it does speak to how good this team is. Like even without Kuminga, without clay, like they, I feel like it was um, one of their better. Sorry. Not without clay, but uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like when you're, when you're still missing major contributors and you're able to hang with one of, if not the best team in the league right now, all the way down the wire. Like, you really controlled the game for a lot of those parts. Um, that just – it just speaks to how good this team is. And when they're fully engaged, when they're locked in, um, especially in the defensive end of the floor, but when they're able to get into their offensive flow so easily against a team that's that good on defense, um, it, it it's a good feeling. Like, it uh, – you know, now, I mean, now we've played Boston twice, beat them once, and came as close as you can get to beating them a second time. So that, I think, goes to show um, sort of my guiding principle with this team is if Steph, Clay, and Draymond are out there, I don't bet – like, you never bet against them. <laughs> like, no, if those don't. three – if those three are out there, you have a chance in every single game, no matter how good the other team is. So I just don't have the confidence in a team beating them four times out of a series. I just don't. Um, it's definitely not in the West. I tell you that much. Um, you know, so I, I was in Boston for the game. And, you know, one of the reasons I said the Warriors were really pissed about that loss, I didn't know the reasons they were upset. Like, if it was just like a damn, we let it go, you know. I later learned from the plus minus podcast, like they were pissed about like some of the fat, like they, like there were like, I think a couple calls on Jordan that they just thought were like clear fouls or just bad calls. And and so they were pissed about that. So I didn't know the reason, but I knew they were pissed because none of them came out to do post game. So they only, they only did, you know, except for Kerr, everyone talks from the locker room and I don't have access. So I took my behind over to the Celtics. Um, <laughs> which I was going to do anyway. I, it just depended on who the Warriors were going to bring out. And I was like trying to time it so I could like go, you know, over to the Celtics, um, post game press room. But it was actually interesting to me because I, I, I asked Al Horford about, um, you know, just like approach to this game with all the storylines that we create in the media, rematch uh you know all the shit that getting revenge and so he politely told me like i I don't really kind of listen or read or care what you guys say it was funny though the way he said it um but Mm -hmm. then he went on to talk about how much he wanted this game and it was important and how upset he was that he missed the first game um and so like it meant a lot and clearly um, Jalen Brown came back and I'm not, I'm not saying that like he wasn't ready to come back but like I don't know if they were not playing the Warriors that night if that would have been his return game um, so Jason Tatum played 48 minutes <laughs> of an overtime game both teams had very short rotations 
very short mm-hmm. rotations. Both teams played their guys extensive minutes. Um, both teams wanted it. And 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 the from the coach to Tatum to, to Al all commented about like how good the Warriors are, are. They got a lot of questions about what is it about the Warriors that forces you guys to have to be so creative in terms of you know what you do out there. Um so look, these two teams know each other, they respect each other. Um if this can be a thing, I really do think it's like one of their best losses of the season. And mm-hmm. this is the thing I'm going to reveal that I'm like, I might get killed for this, but I'm never rooting against the Warriors. So I never want them to lose a game. But there was a part of me that was like, I would prefer almost in a way if Boston got this game. And I was like, it comes at a really not ideal time because we need to stack up wins. <laughs> but I don't know. Call me like really um, superstitious, but in 2016, we beat the war the the Cavs both times that year, <laughs> and the Warriors were on a roll, and they just looked unbeatable. And I didn't want it to be in the Warriors' heads that they just like owned the Celtics. The Celtics haven't won a mm-hmm. game since like Game Four, and no matter what, even though you say you take it seriously, you prepare. Like when you just keep beating a team like that over and over and over again, sometimes it can make you just not prepare the way yeah. that you should. And so I didn't want them to lose, and maybe I just wanted it to be a really close, tough game, and then the Warriors could have got the outcome, and I would have still been okay with that. But I was somewhat okay with going into that game if the Celtics won it. I love to. <laughs> I've seen you before. Like, um, I respect so much that you put it out there where you're like, hey, like, I'm a Warriors girl through and through, but I have my soft spot for Boston. And, like, you know, you're an East Coast person. So, like. <laughs> I do. <laughs> dude, like, totally valid. And, you know, I feel like so many people get so caught up in that. Like, I see so many random things where I'm, like, you know, people just randomly being like, oh, we, the league can never let Jason Tatum win a championship. And I'm like, why? You know, like, besides, besides all the biases against Boston, like, you know, outside of uh, Jalen Brown's um, opinions, like, it's, it's, it's not a team that has a lot of players you want to root against. You know, like, I love watching Jason Tatum play. Al Horford still being this good at his yeah. age is so cool to watch. Like they've built so many good pieces together. Um, they're an incredibly talented team and they're so much fun. Um, but like you said, you know, the fact that they need their MVP playing the last 39 minutes of the game <laughs> to beat this shorthanded Warriors team, like that's crazy. Um, that's, that's really crazy to me. And I'm, um, I'm hoping, you know, like if if this Warriors team can put it together like they did last year, you know, like we've seen that if they're healthy going into the playoffs, there's very few teams that can really compete with them out West. And I I just, I, I want to see this matchup again. Like a repeat I of this would be so cool. Rematch. That's why I said it's going to be a rematch. Warriors-Celtics are going to be the new thing. It's no more Celtics-Lakers. Like that rivalry is like, who knows when the Lakers will be good again. Um, I'm so glad you took us here, though, 
because I do want to know what is your confidence level just in general in the Warriors making this like second half of the season push? Because I think a lot of the fan base has given up on that idea. And Justin and I have talked through it extensively on this podcast, but I believe I haven't agreed with all the Warriors decisions, but I do believe there are reasons for why they look like a 500 team to this point outside of that. They just don't care or this is who they are or that, you know, the starters forgot to play. Like, I don't believe any of that. I don't believe this is who they are. And I know your record is who you are, but I don't believe it's who they are. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they're, I think because now they've finally gotten everybody back except for James Wiseman that, and Andre, (laughs) um, you know, that this is now going to be where they're in the position, even if they're going to make a move like in the buyout market or for the trade deadline to really make that run for the latter half of the season. Um, And so what is your confidence level that they can do that? Like, what are you thinking is going to happen? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus so I think, um, I mean, one, one thing that's really important to me is you've got to get yourself out of the play-in. Like, having the whole season come down to one or two games. Um, and, you know, we saw it in, yeah. like, 2020, 2021. You know, even without Clay, like, this team was not – they weren't the contenders that we were expected. But, you know, they came into that, like, with the – advantage of only needing to win one of two games and then they lose both right at the buzzer on like a tough John Morant shot and then LeBron hitting his can't see the rim three like that's what happens when it comes down to that you know like you said I have all the confidence in this in the world of this team winning four games out of seven against just about anybody but when it comes down to that small of a margin like anything can happen and we've seen anything happen For sure. You know, I I always say about that play-in, just because of the way, of course, people try to use it against Steph, is like, anybody can win a single game, right? And I I Mm -hmm. think that if their first game would have been against a true play-in team, and I think that's what people forget, the Lakers weren't, they weren't a real play-in team, right? Because they they did go out. That's because they got injured, right? But they, they were that low because of things that happened and look at look at with that depleted squad how they played the Lakers that's why I was always very upset that year that the Warriors didn't make any moves because I felt like they just decided once Clay Thompson was out that we can't do it and like you can't tell me a, a health like not a healthy Warriors but like if you would just got stuff like you know I mean I know they went out and they got I know you know 
the pretty boy that everyone liked, you know. <laughs> tsunami was, right? Kelly Oubre, <laughs> I was saying, I, because I keep calling people like names and they're probably like, who is she talking about? Evil Steph earlier, by the way, is Chioza, the pretty boys, Kelly Oubre. But, and, and the, the Warriors actually had had a lot of players out during those playing games. I don't know if that people remember, like they weren't the greatest players, but like Eric Pascal was out, James Wiseman was out, um, Damian Lee was out. They had been playing to that point in the season with a lot of people missing when they made that late run. But and they didn't fill roster spots like after they let Wanna Maker go, but like they would have eventually saw Utah Jazz. I have every confidence in the world they would have beaten Utah Jazz in a series. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have not made it to the finals and contended, but to me that was one of those seasons where there might have been a chance. The Suns, their first time around, inexperienced. You know, Chris Paul can say whatever he wants, but Steph lives in his head. You know, like. <laughs> I just, I, like, I feel like that was such a wasted season. I do. Like, it's unfortunate that that Clay was out, but I think it was wasted. You wasted an MVP-level year from Stephen Curry, right? He finished third that year. I just, I was very disappointed with the way that was handled. And, you know, and then they showed what happens. Like, they're tired. To that point, they were tired, you know? You'd been playing with right. like, barely anybody, and then you get this, like, athletic Grizzlies team who you had just beaten a few days ago to secure the eighth spot. Um, and that that's how it goes. So I agree. Get out of the play-in. I don't think they're going to be a play-in team. I really think – I think the Warriors are going to finish anywhere between three and five, but I'd like them to finish, mm-hmm. you know, no, no less than four so they can at least get, like, you know, home court. Yeah, and I think the thing, too, that um, always the underrated thing that I forget about – when it comes to the playoffs is no matter your record, you secure the division, you get home court advantage in the first round. And the division is out there for the taking. Like, even though they're sitting right at 500, like Phoenix has had their struggles. Um, I love what the Kings are doing. Like shout out to Mike Brown. I think he should be coach of the year for what he's doing over there. Um, It's so cool to see him bring like, some of the motion principles that he learned and apply it to like Sabonis and Fox, which are such a cool dynamic pairing together. Um, But at the same time, you know, it's the Kings. So like, until they do it, I won't believe them. (laughs) Like that's. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I do. I think they will. Um, Oh yeah. I I don't think they're going to do much. If they lost like, you know, (laughs) 25 out of the last like 35 games and missed it would anyone be surprised like no but i i just don't see it i think i think they're fine and and that that should be the win for them getting back to the playoffs this year obviously no team absolutely for the playoffs but that would mean a lot to them but i agree like the i don't think the, the the kings have locked in that number three seed so you know it's for the taking you're right it's for the taking the warriors can absolutely get back in there do you think they will get back in there? I think so. I think, you know, building up, like, in terms of health, you know, I think we're still going to see Clay's probably going to be getting managed here and there. But, you know, you weathered the storm of Steph missing those games. Um, Andrew Wiggins with the longest absence of his career, uh, which is kind which of – Which coincided with Steph's time out. So you had the two of them out. Yeah. Basically yeah. a difference in one game. Um, but both 15 games. So, 
Yeah, so I think the thing is so interesting is when you saw last season, they came out firing out of the gate, you know, like winning 18 of their first 20. And then they hit a bit of a lull and then Clay comes back and they start to like get into form again. So I think what we've seen is that, you know, it's all about hitting your stride at the right time. Like if you come into the playoffs hot, you can continue that play and teams will be scared. And based, especially off the reputation they've built up. But it's a matter of them not being exhausted, right? How do they get there? Yeah. Exhausted. How, what do you think is the path to that? That's where the depth comes into play. You know, I think you need to, like my ideal scenario is um, I don't, you know, as, mu- as much as I'd like to see James Wiseman get an opportunity elsewhere, like for him as a player at this point, yeah, because I don't think Golden State can give him that. I agree. Um, I think he's also kind of a really tough move to make midseason because I don't know how high teams are going to be on him right now. So I'd like to see a bit of a consolidation move where you maybe trade, you know, Moody and Jermichael Green for like another big, um, you convert Ty Jerome to a roster spot and when you say another get big, active. When you say another big, are you saying like a real big or are you saying like a wing who can play like a big too? Oh no, I want a big, big. Like okay. I, I'd like to see, you know, I, I think Nerwin's Noel has been on the trade market. Um, Charlotte has, Charlotte has a few centers That's that they're trying to get I rid of. Heard. You think he could? Yeah, no, I think it? he's he's solid at what he does. Like he impacts the glass. He's he's all right defensively. He can be a decent role man. So, you know, I think we've seen with this team, like when they bring in guys who are. You know, like especially like the Marquise Chris's of the world, like JaVale McGee, um, they can do a lot with a little from the center position because they don't really need, you know, they don't need high end scoring. They don't need all these things like um, would I love them? Would I love to see them go in and get a Jakob Pertle? Like, of course, but he's also like you're not going to start him. Kevon Looney is the starter. Um, and if he's coming off the bench, you know, I don't know if he's quite making the impact that you're looking for. So, it you know, I think make a little depth move. It's not really be what his going rate is and what he wants. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like they can give it to him. So, um, no. I think while everyone would like Pirtle, I just don't think logistically it can work out. But other names I've heard people throw out are like PJ Washington, um, mm-hmm. Kelly, um, Olenek. Um, Jay Crowder. I don't know if any, I don't think the Suns will ever trade to the Warriors. So that's why I think that one no. will never happen. Um, but Nerlens is a new name. I haven't heard that one. So, like, thoughts on any other players outside of him? Yeah, like, I'd, I'd like to see Mason Plumley. I think he would be pretty solid. Um, I don't, I don't quite know it's sort of a weird situation with the thunder because they keep, they keep bringing Mike Muscala back as like their vet. Like he's their vet that they love, but he's quietly like still pretty good. So I wonder if he's a guy that they could try to pry loose. Um, Did you see the news about her Jabaka? Like Toronto is going to try to just find him somewhere. Do you think there's any value that he may still have? Not really. I mean, he's just so, limited as to what he used to be able to do you know he can't 
he can't stretch the floor and, you know, make those impact roles that he used to offensively. And he's not much of a switch defender. You know, he can still kind of protect the rim, but, you know, that, that doesn't really strike me as what they're trying to go for. If it's just like, hey, like, we got an open roster spot. He costs like a second round pick and you just got to do something. You know, I understand. But I think they should try to aim their sights a little higher because there are some guys out there who can contribute. Um, I don't think – like my ideal package, honestly, was if the Thunder are willing to part with Muscala and Kenrich Williams, I am all over that because they need infectious hustle guys, but guys who do the right thing, and that is what Kenrich is. Like he's okay. all over the place. He's such a good defender. He can space the floor, but he's also not – you know. He's not over rotating. He's not making mistakes that are going to kill you. Um, so guys like that, you know, I love the PJ deal too. Like I think he's, he's a really, really good switch defender. Um, he can do some things offensively and he also impacts the glass despite not being, you know, like a true big. So there are moves out there. Um, you know, I think we've established with this team, like you don't need to make the big shakeup. You just need to sort of reinforce what you already have. Right. And I think I think there are plenty of options out there for that. Yeah, I really only think they're like a piece away in terms of shoring up their depth. So I agree that they doesn't need to be a big shakeup, but I would prefer that they get someone than not. So and I just don't. think yeah. I don't think it's someone existing currently on the roster. So we will see. It's not like the Warriors to really do things like during the season. So this would be a change mm-hmm. for them. So we will see. Charlie, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Even when I want to keep it short, I cannot because like <laughs> I want to just pick your brain and talk to you. I, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Yeah. And we'll have to do it again when Justin's on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, guys, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please make sure you, you check out Charlie. He's great. We already told you the handle is at ClayThis11. Um, anything coming out that we should be looking out for on the radar for? Yeah, um, it's getting that time towards the end of the month. So I've been doing my uh, check-ins on all the Warriors rookie scale guys, just seeing where they're at sort of developmentally. Um, it was a huge December for them. So I'm excited to see how that follows up uh, through the tape um, through the end of this month. Um, but yeah, probably in about week, week and a half, I'll have another one of those coming out. And where can they find that? You can find that at Swish Theory on Twitter or the theory.com. There you go. So check it out <laughs> and um, subscribe to his pod. Give them the information for the pod, please. Yes, ma'am. At Game 6 Clay Pod, check it out. We're usually doing about one episode a week. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, find us on Spotify, Apple, all your good podcast places. Um, Yeah, I love my guys on there. (laughs) Listen, guys, check it out. Support up-and-coming content creators. It may not seem like that big of a deal, but the subscribe or following really helps us out a lot. And then if you really like the content, leave a comment, write a review, give a rating. Um, We understand that there's so much content out there for you to choose from and you can't listen to each person, but that little Mm -hmm. thing helps us out so much um we're all just out here trying to do our best so we appreciate you you can tell from this conversation you're not going to be disappointed with anything charlie's putting out so thank you for (laughs) tuning in 
Um, we will be back after the, the, the Nets game, but until next time, you know what to do. Subscribe, follow, share everything I just said. Um, it's Charlie and Nat signing off for the last time for Golden Spaces and Odyssey original podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.